And yeah, what if I tried something like this? You know, maybe a It's a little laid back. Maybe you want something a little heavier. Uh, well, probably not heavy, but you're now listening to. Guys, hello. Welcome back to Questionable at Best. I'm here. You're here. It's all happening. This week, I talked to Johanna Gronberg, a.k.a., if we want to pronounce her name somewhat correctly in Swedish, Johanna Gronberg. I kind of I kind of messed it up right there, I'm sure. Anyway, I talked to Johanna Gronberg. She's an amazing human being, and I could go on for five hours about this chick, but let's not, okay? She's my girlfriend, full disclosure, all right? But that's not what I talked to her about. I talked to her about therapy, because I thought this podcast hasn't been gay enough lately. <laughs> no, it's pretty crazy, right? Like, that's some next-level lesbian processing, to talk to your girlfriend about therapy. Anyway, congratulations. We've, we've hit a new level. We are doing it. I'll try not to ramble too much off the top here, but what should you know? If you are in Toronto, she runs a group called Steel-Toed Blister Sisters. It's for women in the trades and in construction to get together, hang out, socialize, network, commiserate, share stories, hammer stuff. I don't know if they hammer stuff. Maybe not at the meetings. Maybe. I don't know. Secret society. Anyway, get involved. Steel-Toed Blister Sisters, and you can find out more about it by emailing her at rivetingrenos, you know how to spell riveting, and then renos, R-E-N-O-S, at gmail.com. What is Riveting Renos? Oh, just a company that she runs. She, what she likes to do is hire all-women crews, go into a dilapidated house, fix it up, make it amazing, and get out of there. That's how she does it. Riveting Renos. Do you need some renovation work done in your house in Toronto? Hit her up. Gmail. She'll make it happen for you. She's very skilled at construction and all of these things. She's also very skilled at metaphorical construction of her inner self. Guys, I'm trying to transition into the podcast. Maybe we should just kick it off. Is there anything else that I need to tell you? I should tell you that it starts off a bit serious. We're a bit serious because why shouldn't we be? Because we're talking about therapy. We're talking about our deep issues. Hopefully that will be of some value to you. If you stay focused, if you stay with us, it's going to get real silly. You're going to get probably more information than you want about a lot of things, but it's pretty fun. So thank you so much for listening in, guys. I will talk to you again at the end of the episode. <laughs> I'm going to handle it. Here, hold my hand. Okay. <laughs> now it feels right. Now we're this in a healing we, circle. This is how we do things. <laughs> this is how we do things. <laughs> this is how we do things. <laughs> Just the worst rendition of that song. <laughs> this is how we do things. Okay. This is how we do things. <laughs> we can do this. The question is, what have you learned in therapy? Don't even answer. Let me say this. <laughs> we are trying to podcast. You're my girlfriend. We're finding it very difficult to kick off the public portion of this podcast. We've had a lot of fun on the mics that things the public will never hear. <laughs> Not even on a exclusive bloopers reel. Do you guys feel... Unless you pay for it. I feel like it's less intimate that I'm suddenly calling you guys the public. <laughs> My friends, guys, you know who you are. We were going to do questions about a relationship because that's what we're obsessed with. That's what we talk about the most. Do you want to say a couple words so people know that... I exist. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm actually here. Some people don't believe that I'm real. They don't believe you're real. Fair enough. 
Some people like who? I am your dream girl after all. You are my dream girl. <laughs> but I didn't know we were going to be that open about it one minute in. This is why we're not doing a relationship <laughs> podcast. Because we're, t- we're obsessed with our relationship pretty much. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I just it's spoke for gross. us both like a codependent. <laughs> oh, we're totally codependent. We are obsessed with our relationship. <laughs> um, our tendency towards codependency is real. We are in St. John's at the moment. St. John's, Newfoundland. Can you even approximate the accent for people? I sure can try, my boy. <laughs> Gentle Jesus, it's been it's been a trip. Gentle Jesus. <laughs> Gentle Jesus. Oh, tell them about the bus driver. Bus driver. What is there to say about the bus driver? We got how picked you, up by a bus. You mean how you hitchhiked onto a bus? We hitchhiked in St. John's today. Onto an empty bus. That was probably the highlight of this entire trip. It really was, but we didn't get that guy's name. We didn't get a picture with him. We just let it happen. It's like it never happened. We were like, thanks for picking us up. This is where we'll get off. Yeah. Say yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're in a park, in case you guys were wondering what that was. I, we still don't, that doesn't actually explain at all what that was. <laughs> we have no idea. Some kind of a children's foghorn. Okay, where were we? <laughs> the question is, what have you learned in therapy? The questions we're not doing are about our relationship because we discovered that's too weird. Too Nobody wants to too hear difficult. that. But we're still having trouble getting into this one. <laughs> now, I've, chose, I've chosen you to talk about therapy. You've chosen me. I've That's chosen true. you to talk about therapy. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> because you've been going to therapy what? Let the people know. It's been a long time, guys. It's been almost four years. Uh, usually once a week. Well, it's, it's varied between once, twice, and sometimes three times a week once, over the course. Twice. <laughs> three, three times, times the crazy. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about the stigma surrounding therapy and all of that in a minute. Don't you worry, you guys. Just having good times over here in the park. Um, okay, once, twice, and three times a week. Yes. Now I'm just down to once a week. Yeah. It's good. It's, uh, yeah, four years. It, I think it's a process that will be ongoing for quite a while. So long as it's free. Oh, is it free? Yeah. Is OHIP taking care of it for you? I have been lucky enough to find the way it works in Ontario. <laughs> That's driving me nuts. And everyone, that was not happening a minute ago. I don't know if you guys can hear it on the mic, but there is a intermittent foghorn sound coming from that playground that is quite unpleasant. So in Ontario, mm-hmm. therapy is a bit of an enigma. Uh, people hear about people having therapists, but... How expensive is it? How does it actually work? Well, in Ontario, if you can find a psychiatrist, um, you get a referral. And if you can find one, then it's totally covered by OHIP. What do you mean if if you can find one? Are they booked up? It's very hard to find a psychiatrist who can take you on for talk therapy. That's what I do. Um, It's not really about meds and that sort of thing. There's a lot of psychiatrists who do that. But um, but I think there's few and far between ones. (laughs) <laughs> that didn't make sense. <laughs> I There's few ones. It's easy to get self-conscious on. on the mics. It is. There's few and far between ones. <laughs> Everyone knows what you're talking about. We um, got gotcha. Yeah, but anyway, so where was I going with that? But they do exist, and they are covered by our healthcare system. If you are ever looking. So what have you learned in therapy? It's a big ass question. It's a big ass question. Well, I'll tell you this: my two main takeaways at the moment, and I've been going to therapy approximately once a week. I can't always make it once a week. For in November, it'll be two years mm. or one year. No, one year doesn't make any kind of sense. In November, it'll be two years. Wow! Maybe we're gonna have a little anniversary. That happens so fast. A little therapy anniversary. Um, the main two things I feel like I've taken, like it always boils down to a couple of things. Don't judge your feelings and realizing that I'm too hard on myself. 
and I don't always remember to do this, so I can't say that I've necessarily learned it yet, but like my, what would we call it? Not core. I mean, you and I sometimes talk about, we talk about what are Internal like judge core or? issues sometimes mm-hmm. and like yeah. what things boil down to for us. And to me, it boils down to this little feeling or this little voice in my head. And guys, we are getting right into it. This is the deepest part of me. This little voice in my head that's like, you're bad and wrong which is somehow some message that I picked up in childhood that I've since been carrying with me and has been subconsciously affecting basically everything that I do. And oftentimes when I'm having a reaction to something, I don't even know how to talk about it. But if I get stirred up about something, oftentimes it can come back in some weird way. It all boils down to that little feeling of me feeling like I'm bad and wrong. So I need to rebel against that feeling or someone else is telling me that I'm bad and wrong, but they're not actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the main things that I've learned about myself in therapy so far. They're pretty quick, pretty quick to talk about, but they apply to many situations throughout my day. Well, I'll, I'll never forget my first session of therapy when I walked in and I basically spent the entire hour trying to convince my therapist that I didn't need to be there. Oh, I've did that for six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's a moment when it clicks and you're like, so I was abandoned by my dad and, um, yeah, I moved around a million times and I never had a stable home and yada, yada, yada. And then finally like, oh God, okay it's okay for me to experience the world that I, the way that I do, because yeah, things happen when I was a kid and, and it stayed with me. And I think ultimately the thing with therapy is that we all have our issues one way or another. Mm-hmm. And we just have to recognize that we, that's universal. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like at some point in life, we all have to deal with our issues. And I wish we lived in a society where therapy was just a part of life. I mean, there's so much stigma around it. And certainly in other parts of the world, there's even more stigma than what we experience in Toronto. But I just feel like we we value things like working on your body mm-hmm. and um, your physique and stuff. And, and certainly working on your mind to the extent of education and things like that. But why are we not working? Why don't we value in our society working on our, on our internal selves, mm-hmm. on our subconscious and just you know, our subconscious is a wild place. And if you don't shine a light on it, it will rule you. And so certainly for me, I started to go to therapy because I started to experience anxiety in a way that I had never experienced before. And it started to be debilitating for me. And it was so fascinating. I I always forget this part of your journey because it's, you don't have this anymore. No, And I didn't meet you in that way. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. Well, I often, uh, I often think my anxiety for, getting me to where I am today. I, I can't, basically I, I went through probably about three, three years of a debilitating anxiety that really manifested itself physically for me. It manifested itself in uh, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, which a lot of people experience. And they often say IBS is just a, a link between your mind and your your bowels. Your bowels are a very sensitive part of your organ system and they're really yeah. interlinked with your mind. I think so too. Don't fact check this or rather do fact check this everyone. <laughs> but I've heard somewhere that like the tissue of the brain and the tissue of the intestines are very similar mm-hmm. and that's another part of their connection. And so for me it's so fascinating because it's like there were these feelings inside me that I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to my intuition. And finally, my body was like, okay, we're going to make it so unavoidable for you to deal with your shit, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. That, um, that yeah, we're going to make it so impossible for you to just go through your day to day without actually addressing what's going on here. And so interestingly, I mean, I've really come to believe 
in the mind-body connection from personal first-hand experience. And so my anxiety, now looking back, the message that my body was trying to send me was to trust my gut on every single level. Mm -hmm. And that was super powerful for me. And that's what brought me into therapy. And therapy has been really good at helping me listen to the messages that basically to trust myself and to listen deep inside myself for what I want. I think for a long time I, I felt, I, f I feel like I hear this a lot. We're living in a kind of culture where everybody's not sure of what they want anymore. Mm -hmm. And so therapy for me has let me kind of break down my childhood in a way and see things from a different perspective. And certainly the way what you were saying about just we carry these messages from childhood they stay with us because our little baby child brains our perceive beings. the world our little beings can we talk about that yeah. for a minute guys here's something pretty cute that happened in therapy the other day um i i've never really talked about gender stuff with my therapist or anything like that and she the other day was saying something to me like oh you know well you were just a little girl and then i kind of went like oh like i don't know somehow it didn't feel right for me to think of myself as a little girl. And I don't know if I made an expression. I don't feel like I did, though. I feel like she just picked it up immediately. And so she said, you were just a little girl, uh, a little being. <laughs> and I thought it was the greatest thing, guys. And I think it, somehow it's like really adorable to think of everybody as little beings, mm -hmm. just trying to be mm -hmm. just little beings. Well, therapy is amazing in the sense that somebody who's completely objective, who doesn't really know your life, can listen to what can listen to you speak about yourself and your life and then point out places where there's just where things aren't making that much sense you'll say something like i'm bad and wrong or mm -hmm. something like that and then they'll actually say uh actually can we can we explore that a little bit can we unpack that where's that coming from yeah what's influencing that and there's been a huge amount of assumptions that i've made about who i am uh that turn out to be completely unfounded <laughs> once you realize that it's like you come to accept yourself more. Yeah. I'm, I've heard some of the stories and I know what you're talking about when you talk about your anxiety and your IBS and stuff like that. Are, are there any stories you're willing to share about what that actually looked like for you? Well, for me, I was in a relationship for a number of years, for seven years. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I, so my anxiety, meant, when I think about my anxiety in a, uh, in, in a different way. I think about it as like I was sitting in the passenger seat of life and I wasn't ready to take hold of what it is that I really wanted. And so I was in a relationship. It was a on many levels, a very decent, good relationship. But it wasn't really, if I really listened to my heart and uh, my heart brain, I like to call it, yeah. <laughs> then what I would have been hearing is, Yes, these are all good things, but just because you should want them isn't the reason, isn't enough. It's not enough. Having doubts is enough to leave something because something wasn't working for me. And so anyway, so how that really manifested in my, in my actual life was I started to get really anxious about being in situations where I was in a car, let's say I was on the highway and um, there was no way for me to this is so it feels really embarrassing to talk about this oh does um, it you don't have to yeah but uh Look, i mean can i interject by saying that it seemed to me but i didn't know you then but from the stories i've heard it's kind of just like you were out in the world and you needed to know i can escape to a, a private bathroom 
kind of at any at any moment. Right. And then it got to this point because there's times in life where maybe there isn't a private bathroom right nearby. Maybe it's a 20 minutes away. I mean, it's not it's not ever that far in Mm -hmm. modern society. Um, But it would it was getting to that point right where you you just couldn't. Yeah, I felt like I wasn't in control Mm -hmm. of this very um, uh, base bodily function. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it started to manifest itself in places where I didn't feel uh, that I had control, which is an interesting parallel because in so many ways, I think I was on this life trajectory that I didn't feel totally in control of. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that I can I have full full agency in everything that I do. So it's kind of miraculous. I mean, uh, after that breakup I went to a lot of or I went to a few anti-anxiety workshops and stuff and and I worked in these kind of support groups where you'd really share share your experiences and it was incredible for me to realize once I put a name to it once it became clear in my head when I connected all the dots it wasn't as simple as just breaking up it was like understanding that oh I just need to listen to these messages that my body is trying to tell me then that anxiety has all but disappeared. And it's incredible because there was a time in my life when this was an anxiety that I thought... I never had experienced anxiety before. I was probably, I guess it would would have been 25. And I heard about anxiety. I know people talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, They talk about it in very vague ways. Um, My friends would talk about it in specific ways. And I always wanted to empathize with my friends, but I never really understood what Mm -hmm. does that really mean to, to be so debilitated by thoughts in your head and then I experienced it for three years to the point where I thought well I don't think that I'll ever be able to even really function normally in society I mean it was really intense those loops in your mind Mm -hmm. and to be on the other end of it now is such a gift to have actually experienced that because now I feel like I get it but also realizing that you can get through it and and that's all to say that therapy helps me tenfold because a lot of people think they've got all... Everybody knows we have problems. We all have problems. Yeah. But so many of us, we're in a culture where it's like, oh, but you just figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, you just just sort it out. Like, you think hard enough about it and you'll figure it out. But when I was anxious, there's no thinking about it. It's yeah. like, it's just going to spiral me further down into a pit of... <laughs> awful feelings <laughs> yeah you need that outside perspective there are people who have trained for years and years and years sometimes their entire lives to try and help people yeah see things from a different perspective and it's so valuable i think so too i think i mean obviously there's a more medical aspect and there's brain science and all this stuff but sometimes therapy is just like a smart friend that you don't have to feel guilty for dumping your problems on totally. for an hour. There's so, many, so much that I want to talk about with this that I keep kind of losing my train of thought because there's too many. But you were talking earlier about how we don't really value working on ourselves mm-hmm. in society. And I was just thinking how revolutionary it would be. And maybe there are, are countries in the world that do this. I don't know. Always seems to be Denmark whenever it's a cool country. But what if it was actually part of our education as Mm. children what if one of the subjects that we learned was something about you know self-discovery or emotional well-being or how to take care of yourself yes yes it would be it's crazy to think about right and how helpful that would be for everybody yeah one thing that would be super helpful is like i feel like there were a lot of things in my life where i would react a certain way to something and not really understand exactly where that was coming from why was why did that make me so sad when i felt rejected by my friends or something right. like that when they had no intention of doing that or yeah your your mind takes these quick 
<laughs> Guys, Hannah's very animated, and you keep gesturing with your mic hand, and I'm getting like, oh, just watching the mic travel away from your mouth. <laughs> I keep gently trying to put it in your mouth. But if you think about your brain as a series of highways of information, mm-hmm. synapses or whatever, like if I think about my anxious brain, there was this synapse that was like, is that how you say it? Synapse? I say synapse, but synapse? I don't know which is correct. A synapse. Today it's synapse. Who knows? Maybe okay, it's Canadian. No. I don't know. I have only really read it. Synapse sounds sounds better. I'll take it. Okay. Synapse. So there was this synapse in my head I'll that allow was it. telling me <laughs> <laughs> when I was in a certain situation, when I felt trapped, and that I would lose control. This this is this is kind of the basic the basic idea here. And that synapse in my mind was massive. It was a huge highway that like started to, it just started to take over my life. Like at first it was very specific situations. Like Mm -hmm. if I was driving to the airport, I mean, it's very specific and then it just starts to grow and grow and grow. And because I'm just keep feeding this synapse. And so you have to really be active about being like, okay, no, I'm going to I'm going to start actively creating new synapses. Roadblock on that highway. (laughs) Exactly. Or at the very least, let's slow traffic. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't do that. I mean, you can do it on your own for sure. But it's like, um, that's what therapy is, is like, you have all these synapses from when you were a kid and now you're growing into an adult. Let's build new ones. Yeah. The thing about having them from when you're a kid, though, is you're learning about the entire world around you as a kid. And then you grow up and you don't question it. You don't question that, okay, this is called a tree. The sky is blue. These are yeah. the things I know. These are facts. And the problem is yes. you sneak in, you snuck in what you call are some facts about yes. yourself or about your place in the world, about your family, about so many things. And it's really worth revisiting and figuring out oh my God, like, yeah. where did everything come from, right? Like one of, one of my early facts would have been like, oh, I'm bad and wrong. I guess I'm the reason my parents drink. One of your early facts would have been like, well, my dad left because I'm not worth sticking around for. And you just accept it. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, so here we are. It's a fact of life. Yeah. And it's really incredible to go back and start to break that down. And it's also incredible how long it takes to to get through. I, I, I know that I'm working on these ideas. And I've also had to get comfortable with the fact that I might always be working on these ideas. I might always have to go, hold up. What is this really about? Is this connecting to stuff in childhood? Like I joke around with my therapist now. Sometimes at the end of our sessions, I'm like, well, thanks. I'm fixed. (laughs) Because recognizing that it's never really over. Yeah. You know, so much that I want to talk about. One of the things I wanted to talk about earlier, we both talked about (laughs) trying to convince our therapist that we didn't need to be there for a while, which is pretty natural, I think. And one of my early stumbling blocks with therapy was feeling as though I knew I needed it. I knew that. I really needed some outside help. I needed some perspective. I was having a hard time living life on my own, but also feeling really guilty about going, which is, mm-hmm. again, one of my issues, but one of a lot of people's issues is I just felt like, you know, relatively, I'm okay. I was mm-hmm. r- pretty aware of a lot of privilege that I carry in all sorts of ways. Um, and I felt mm. like, well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, stop. There's some kind of a... Is it a storytelling circle? No, I love how you think it's a storytelling circle. (laughs) It's clearly some kind of ladies trying to get fit. (laughs) And the other one is on a microphone. So this is not going to be good for us, guys. Uh, But let me see if I can get this idea out and maybe we'll switch locations and do what we can do. Um, I felt like... I didn't. I shouldn't be there. That there were so many people that were worse off than I was. So many people with worse mental issues. Even just the money I was spending, which isn't much, guys. Sliding scale exists. <laughs> totally cool. You can find it in your city too. Um, you know, who was I to go in there and, and 
whine and complain about my problems for an hour. And so many people feel the same way. It took me a long time to get over it. I'm not even sure I'm fully over it, but at some point just recognizing, well, I'm only responsible for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not responsible for all the other people that are having problems. Mm -hmm. And like, it's worth taking care of myself starting here. Mm -hmm. And then if you really want to take it to that level, like, okay, what am I capable of when I am mentally and emotionally sound? Then maybe I can move forward and help other people out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I can't do anything from this place thinking that I don't even deserve to be in therapy. For sure. And it's all about valuing yourself to some degree. Which is so hard sometimes, huh? (laughs) It's so hard. It's so hard. I mean, imagine when your, your main message changes from I'm bad and wrong to... I'm good and I have value. Well, we were talking about that last week and I, I don't even know about that being an okay place to be. I'm good and I have value because I just talk about like everybody in my world and I, and I mean comedians. Um, I'm like, you know, they're so arrogant and egoistic and I'm taking it to this level of like that's what it is to have self-esteem. It's a negative thing. Mm-hmm. It means you're arrogant. It means you think you're better than everybody else. And my therapist is like, okay, let's scale that back. <laughs> like just you said, what if the message is just like, I'm good and I have value. <laughs> and really like that's how I feel about everyone else. That's of not course, me. Yeah. I don't think other people don't have value or aren't good or Mm -hmm. don't deserve things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really crazy when you realize, I don't know how much work there is to do, I guess how entrenched some of these ideas are and you can understand them on a logical level. We can sit here and go, Oh yeah, this is a feeling I have. But as it plays out in life and plays out in different scenarios, it can be hard to catch sometimes. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's so interesting because my therapist will say something and I'll be like, yeah, that makes total sense. And my rational brain is like, yeah, okay, I get where you're coming from. And my, my irrational brain is like, yeah, but still I'm bad and, and wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, I'm worth uh, rejecting or something like that. Yeah. It's like it really takes a long time to break down those main messages. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I was thinking about, which is so cool about the fact that we're both on this journey. I mean, a lot of people aren't. Certainly my previous partner was not and didn't see a lot of value in, in what I was doing doing in fact probably thought that it was the very thing that was pulling me apart or pulling me away Mm -hmm. and so it maybe became more of a negative thing and the times when I really encouraged him to see a therapist he said exactly those same things of yeah but I'm I'm not so bad yeah like other people other people yeah Yeah. it's not fair for me to take resources from the system and things like that but what's really cool is that because we're both on this journey when we do find ourselves in conflict or whatever. Yes, I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> There's it's it's cool cuz we can kind of each suggest to the other person, well, do you think that, you know, this is maybe you're coming from a place of this feeling or mm-hmm. oftentimes we can connect things back. So like for example, even yesterday. I, I wanted to talk about yesterday. You want to tell the story? No, I want you to tell the story. <laughs> so yesterday we were talking about Wait, can I just interject yeah. with this? It's just blowing my mind that you know, we have to wrap up kind of soon, um, in part because I'm not sure what's going on over here in the park. And someone's coming to pick us up and take us to the airport in a little bit. But I just think it's funny that I think it's cute that you're hitting exactly what I wanted to talk about. Also, I've been noticing our body language and how adorable it is. We're just like, we are mirroring each other's body language, sitting way too close in this park, like gazing into each other's eyes, yet talking on microphones. And we're holding hands with our other hands that are holding microphones. Just being like, oh, so tell me more about therapy. It's very intense, you guys. And we we really must look ridiculous to everybody else in this park. So what happened yesterday, my love? Yesterday we were talking about... Uh, the thought of the future and I basically said to you like I don't want you to stay in Toronto for me 
And you said staying in a city for a girl is a totally valid reason to stay. And then you said that I hurt your heart by saying you don't need to stay for me. And then, you know, not, not a few beats later, it became pretty clear to me that that was coming from a place of like, so if we're using my father metaphor, my father uh, was not around for all of my life and he left very early on. I was less than a year old when he moved back to Sweden and my mother made it very abundantly clear to him that like she wanted him to stay in Canada with us, but she never asked for it. She never, she wanted him to want to be there Mm -hmm. by his own volition, not because she had any influence over him whatsoever. And it was just so clear to me in that moment that my God, that's exactly what I was projecting onto you. It was like, no, the only way that I trust that you want to be here is if you want to be here and it has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, what's also there is this fact that my father didn't stay in, uh, in Canada for me. Therefore I'm not worth staying here for. Yeah. So why on earth would you like, I can't be a reason for you to stay. We got there pretty quick. So yeah, that was a, that was actually a pretty good moment for us, even for me to recognize and say out loud, Hey, that kind of hurt my heart as yeah. opposed to just taking that in like, okay, fine. I guess you don't want me around. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got there so fast <laughs> <It really was. laughs> as we were in this like really cute bar. What's it called? The underbelly. How would you describe the place? It's, it's a basement. It's a speakeasy. It's so cute. It's a speakeasy, really cute lighting. Good job. St. John's. <laughs> um, you guys don't understand the lighting in St. John's is awful. <laughs> There's like one place with an Edison bulb. <laughs> it was um, kind of a whiskey bar. We were in the corner and it was just adorable. Candle lit. We're having a great time in there. They play like 1950s music. Um, so we're just idly talking. And then we had this little moment. And then the next thing you know, I'm like, well, that hurt my heart. And Hannah's like, oh, I guess it was connected to this. <laughs> Starts weeping. Um, but meanwhile, we had been so... Um, PDA. We'd been <laughs> so obnoxious. Very affectionate publicly. Uh, all jammed up in this corner holding each other. And then like I just when you think we can't get more obnoxious, she starts weeping. Yet it brings us even closer together. Every time the wishes came over, we were in some new configuration of too muchness. And then she came over right when you started crying. She's like, So are you guys okay? That was her actual question. Like, are you guys okay? Hannah looks over like uh, tears streaming down her face. We're fine. I don't know if we're really selling the therapy thing, babe. <laughs> well, what I think sells it is that we got there so quickly. Yeah. And also, you can have tears streaming down your face, and it can just be a moment. This is the other yeah. thing. It's about accepting your feelings, right? So yeah. You can be sad, but it's fine as well. You can, we can just roll with it. And I mean, we all know what it's like to be with someone where, you know, things are happening and people do funny things and you're not, like, relating on on a level that you fully understand what am I trying to say? It's just, it's so refreshing to be with someone who values this journey and wants to get better and better and wants to like understand themselves. I think it's just a journey of understanding who you are and appreciating who you are and figuring out like what's really going on inside your, inside yourself. Yeah. I think our individual therapizing um, has helped us be able to solve conflicts that we have and the better you know yourself, the better you're going to be able to communicate with someone else yeah. and understand yeah, what your own shit is all about. Yeah, for sure. And also this whole idea of boundaries. I mean, that's something that we <laughs> we joke about codependency, but we're very conscious of boundaries or we try to be. And I feel like that's one thing that therapy will really help you with because if you have a really strong sense of self and you have a really good knowing of where your trigger points are and it just makes it more possible for you to 
What am I trying to say? Oh, babe. Well, how have about to this? this out. <laughs> no, um, you can think about what you're trying to say. Let's hold the idea of boundaries. Yeah, Matt boundaries, should okay. be here literally any minute. Okay. So we should hang this up for the moment. Okay, I maybe. would love to return to it because I feel like we're just getting into it. Okay. It might be difficult to do at the airport. <laughs> we can try. I don't know where else we'll do it. But, um, I love you. So guys, oh, thanks. I was going to keep this part in. I love you too. <laughs> but guys, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we'll come back to it. And if there's a, a break in the energy or the conversation, this is why. We're leaving this park. We're going to go hang out with a buddy, go to the airport. And then we'll see if we can pick it back up. We thought that this was going to be like a happy-go-lucky podcast. Since when? Laughs. <laughs> Lots of laughs. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's been so freaking serious. <laughs> it's okay for it to be serious. Guys, go to therapy. Guys, get, get get yourselves there. You know you have issues. You know you do. Nadine, you know you have issues. There's, a, there's someone called Nadine <laughs> that tweets at me. Nadine, you started going to therapy. I know you did. Is it weird for you that I keep saying your name, Nadine? And you're, are you listening to this as you're going to therapy, Nadine? <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys all in a sec. Okay. So we're back into it. We're at the airport. We're at St. John's Airport. Guys, we had to cut our conversation short. We were both really into it, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. We were in a park. It felt funny to be on the microphones in the park. It feels funnier to be on the microphones in the airport. It would feel funniest if we were on the microphones in the plane. Oh, yeah. We might have to do that. So what have you learned in therapy? (laughs) Then we just pass it over to our seatmate. How about you, (laughs) sir? Um, Yeah, guys, you're going to hear airport background noise, but so be it. One thing I've learned in therapy is just to accept the circumstances. And feel whatever you're feeling in that moment. Feel whatever you're feeling. I'm feeling sad that they took my peanut butter. (laughs) I was trying to travel with peanut butter. We picked up some groceries while we were in St. John's because we were having a hard time in the first couple of days finding out where to eat, as you guys know. Picked up a bunch of groceries, kind of panic shopped, way too much food, way too much spread. Guess what? They won't let you take peanut butter. But they let me take all the sex toys through, so that was good. (laughs) Oh, are we really talking about that on the podcast? Yeah, Deanne leaves them in my capable hands, all of them. (laughs) And it was pretty close to being fully exposed. (laughs) Well, fine. If you're talking about it, let's talk about it. What happened? That was very exciting for me. I was behind you in the security line. Oh my God, she was so looking forward to how this was going to (laughs) unfold. So mean. Wasn't mean. I I was going to, you come on, you know I have your back. I was going to be there with you. (laughs) You Okay. Yeah. I was going to just leave you there. Basically, they I got called over. They were like, "There's too many liquids in your purse." If like, you know oh, what I mean. No. <laughs> but he was a lovely, like I don't know, Polish dude or he something. He was really cool. He was very cool, and I happened to have another cosmetic bag filled with liquids, and he looked through that one and didn't look through the red one that says Liberator on it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, guys, is honestly, is jam packed <laughs> because we don't know how we're going to feel in any given moment, and there were a lot of options. <laughs> Um, Side note, in that, there's this huge bottle of massage oil, which actually we shouldn't have been able to take. Should not be going anywhere. No. Yeah. And apparently, this massage oil has stopped many a flight. Oh, did that hurt your feelings, baby? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it brings back some daddy issues. In what way? When my dad never used to massage me. No one's dad should be massaging me. <laughs> Hannah has no idea what a real father-daughter relationship is like. She gets sad about everything all the time. My dad never used to massage me. <laughs> oh, we're getting into it. Well, looks like our plane is boarding. Uh, we'll head over there in a bit. We're always the last ones to board. Yeah, why are Best people so to eager to board? I don't get it. All right, we should probably get over there, though. 
I thought we would get into it with boundaries, but apparently well, boundaries, we don't yeah. have boundaries and you just told everybody about <laughs> sex toys and <laughs> massage oil and what we like to pack for literally a three-day vacation. <laughs> oh, I threw you right back into this podcast world and I'm not sure you were ready for it after that harrowing experience you just had. With airport security. With airport security. Although I will say when they ask you to pop in that machine, mm-hmm. the x-ray machine, I always take the pat down. Oh, got to take the pat down. The pat down. Thank you for my free massage, which was better than the massage I right? paid 70 bucks for Although earlier Although you didn't get jealous at all when I got patted down at Pearson. But I guess that's because we have boundaries. But we're back on. <laughs> we're back on target. <laughs> Didn't I get jealous when you got patted down at me? No, I, I told you you should get jealous. <laughs> I just want to talk about Ukrainian guy for a minute. We're just assuming he was Ukrainian. I don't know. He was Eastern European. He was Eastern European. Um, we were talking about what does not make it through security. And I was saying, can someone at least eat that peanut butter? It's brand new. And they're like, She's we're still not, on the peanut butter. We're guys. not allowed to eat it. <laughs> I know. I haven't learned any much in therapy. I get very focused on peanut butter <laughs> most of my issues are peanut butter related <laughs> <laughs> my dad never used to smear me in peanut butter wait no one's dad does that <laughs> i'm just making jokes for myself at this point and it's giving me crazy eyes um <laughs> but anyway i was chatting with that guy and he was saying oh yeah because i said oh you guys your job breaks my heart he's like it breaks our heart sometimes too why don't you do the accent i'll say what he said and you do it in an okay. accent it breaks our hearts sometimes, too. It breaks our hearts, too. <laughs> <laughs> People come through with homemade jams. People come through with homemade jams. And snow globes. And snow globes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to throw away so many snow globes. And I look in the eyes of these children when I rip out their souls <laughs> and their happiness. <laughs> it's a thankless job. It is a tankless job. But I like the hazard pay. <laughs> Guys, what a gem is this lady. And then I said to him, you know what? Well, we shouldn't be getting, t- we shouldn't be getting this attached to material possessions. We shouldn't possessions. be getting this attached to materials. <laughs> material possessions. And he said, you're right. And we had a really real human connection. You're right. Me and that guy. Who it's probably a beautiful had to moment. flee his war torn. <laughs> Imagine town. if that would have been followed up with, oh my God, look at all these dicks. <laughs> Tell me what he was. So said. many dicks. <laughs> Why you need so many dicks, little girl? <laughs> oh my God. Will this make it to the podcast? Yes. It doesn't have to. Yes. Because we're going to pick up the thread later, perhaps, when we're in Toronto. And this is the best part of the podcast so far. <laughs> well, it is a bit of comic relief. You were worried that the early part of the podcast was too, too serious. Too serious. Too serious. Too serious. Too much anxiety. Too much anxiety. Too much <laughs> daddy oh, issues. Therapy, daddy issues. I'm the worst at accents. You guys, She's I can't pretty do that. good with the Nufi accent. Although it comes out a little no, Chinese. Yeah. No, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. Sweet Jesus. No, gentle Jesus. Gentle Jesus. Can't do it, guys. Can't do accents. All right. Except this one. This upstate New York accent that I can do very well. The one that I she actually can do a deaf have. accent. Don't stop. It's not an accent. <laughs> well, I guess I probably don't have many deaf listeners, so we're fine, actually. Maybe no one is offended right now. Let's hang it up. Let's board this plane. Uh, those six minutes of fun times. <laughs> six minutes of hilarity. Six minutes of bonus hilarity with... Uh, well, for your information, we're still holding each other's hands. We are still holding each other's yep. hands. And this was six minutes, perhaps, of evidence. We were going to talk about boundaries and healthy ones. And I feel that we are showing evidence of the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. Fair enough. Catch you guys in a bit. Sorry for the up and down slash you're welcome slash. I don't know how you feel about this podcast. Talk to you guys in a few hours. 
Okay, guys, now we're on a plane, and I hope you can hear us all right. There seems to be a lot of ambient noise. Oh my gosh, can we talk about how my window was whistling? <laughs> yes. Horrifying. We're in an emergency exit row. I'm right by the window, and as we were taking off, friends, I have been in a lot of planes. This made a noise like I have never heard before. Even the lady in front of us turned around like, what the... It was whistling in a way to suggest that maybe the... Maybe the... <laughs> what are you pointing at? We should just wear this at all times, then then I'll be able to hold you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I've just edited out something that she said, so let me try to pick up the thread again. <laughs> um, it was whistling in a way to suggest that perhaps it was not attached and or was not going to stay attached for long. Like it was open in the wrong way, this emergency exit window, right? And or we might die. Yeah, that I was going to get sucked out the window. But then we noticed the blood harvest moon so low on the horizon that we didn't care anymore. We didn't care so that much. That was so gorgeous. Guys, did you see that earlier this week? Amazing. Oh, super moons are the best. Super moons are the best, especially if you're an astrological-leaning lesbian. <laughs> Nothing makes me feel gayer than when we pay attention to the moon as a couple. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. Um, earlier in the podcast, you had introduced the idea of boundaries. Yes, boundaries. Did you want to... Like I know anything about them. Like I do either. <laughs> well, that's been an interesting journey for us because I feel like in previous relationships, we haven't been good at boundary setting. And when people talk about boundaries, they often talk about codependency. And codependency is this concept that I always thought was like so far removed from any experience that I had ever had. I always felt that I was super independent in relationships. And I mean, codependency was one of these like really awful terms, I thought. It is. I still think so to some degree. But anyway, but then somebody was talking to me about it, that when you don't really know what you want that's a sign that you may be in a codependent relationship. And when I started looking at it that way, it was really interesting for me to think about prior my prior relationship in a codependent way because I did feel quite lost. I felt like I wasn't being true to what I, I needed and what I wanted. And in a good relationship, you know, you can negotiate those boundaries. You can negotiate your wants and needs and find compromises. And I think sometimes uh, you and I, because we're so sensitive around boundaries, we like up the ante on boundaries. In what way? Like, I feel like when we know we have a need or a want, we're like, this is my need, this is my want. I, in a small way, I express that. Just even today when we were setting up in the park on the bench, yes. I realized that the sun was in my eyes. But it wasn't that gentle of a like, oh, sweetheart, can you sit on this side of the bench? I realized that the sun is in my eyes. I just was like, I can't sit here. Like, And it was this blunt, yeah. forceful. And it, that's in part because I am only learning yes. to recognize my needs and desires, big and small. And yeah. I think in the past, I might have just sat there the whole time and been uncomfortable the whole time. Yes. And I think it's easy for so many people to just go with what the other person wants because it's easier or because they don't really have... Like, I remember for years just kind of feeling like, well, particularly in the previous relationship I was in, I often said to myself, oh, I don't need to leave um, because... I don't know that I want to really leave or that I want this to end. So, and I know that my partner doesn't want it to end, so I'll just stay. <laughs> if it makes things That's... easier for him and I don't want to break his heart. Yeah. yeah, I've definitely been there. I feel like people wouldn't think that I'm codependent or that I look, I don't know. Oh, wait. Oh, are we not allowed to do this? Are they wireless or corded? Corded. Corded. Perfect. Oh, yeah? Really no okay, cool. Devices allowed? 
All right, great. Um, so uh, they're not called stewardesses in 2015, an air hostess. They're not called that either. <laughs> air hostess. <laughs> Who am I? Um, you live with three of them. I do live with three of them. Flight attendants all. Um, <laughs> just came over to inquire about our wireless status our equipment over here and the fact that our mics are corded guys a-okay we are podcasting <laughs> from the sky <laughs> to the moon <laughs> what were we talking about um boundaries relationships oh that i feel that people perceive me probably because of my job as a stand-up comic or something as independent i know what i want i'm out there i'm vocalizing but my experience has very like I, I I don't remember what the codependent checklist is at this moment, but I remember that the day I saw it, it kind of blew my mind, and I was mm. like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. That's me, and that idea of not really knowing what you want in that's large ways and in small ways. Yeah, that's why you need therapy mm-hmm. <laughs> because it yeah it, it puts you on this quest on this mission. I, I want say. you to say journey one more time on this podcast. <laughs> I feel like it'll be the fifth time you said it. Oh my god, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> I know you're embarrassed. Well, I will say that between my therapy and my astrology, I'm set for the week. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> you're adorable. I love that you keep saying journey. We're on a literal Don't journey. Don't stop believing. <laughs> Hold, Hold on, on to feeling. Don't they say, "Hold on." Guys, I'm they sorry do. you had to listen to me do that right Serenade now. Serenade me on this journey. On this journey that we're on, metaphorically, figuratively, literally, in every way possible. You know what's making this part of the podcast weird? We haven't held hands yet. <laughs> Aww. We Guys, we're back. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about boundaries? Well, I just like the idea of, uh, I mean, I think that what's fun for us is like we're trying out all these new things for the first time um these ideas about relationships that oh i thought you meant sex toys (laughs) (laughs) i've done all those before oh okay (laughs) but um and so it's 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 just fun to have that vocabulary have that common interest and um i just always like to think that this has never been done before. What we're doing has never been done before. And so, um, I don't know. It's just a cool thought for me to think about the compromises that one makes in a relationship, which is then the beauty of a relationship is finding that middle ground that satisfies both people's needs and wants as best as possible. And that we each can realize our potential and together interdependence that's what i'm getting at yes interdependence is a good word when i started therapy i went in with this idea of like okay and then i'll do everything on my own and you'll fix me right and then i won't need anyone and it was this very much like what am i aiming for here and she had to remind me that like that's not what anybody's aiming for she taught me the word interdependence and that that's okay and that humans need to rely on each other and no one's going to be fixed and no one's going to be you know completely independent to the point they don't need anyone else we all need people we're social beings beings little beings we're just little big beings. beings oh i forgot what i wanted to say because your eyes are so beautiful ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes um the phrase that this has never been done before you've mentioned that to me before in conversation that's a phrase that you're therapist said to you once it's really Mm -hmm. stuck with you yeah it really has and not necessarily as it applies to relationships but just as it applies to life and and your own personal journey (laughs) yeah and she's always trying to remind me to not judge myself and not judge um where i'm at and stuff like that and that's kind of a really cool phrase to bring it back 
This is huge stuff. And listeners, if you can learn anything from this podcast without going to therapy yourself, try on these radical notions for size. Don't judge your feelings. Don't be hard on yourself. What else? Pay attention to what you've learned in childhood and see if it's real or not. One radical thought for me was always that it's all deep inside you. Like what you want is never external. It's inside you. It's intrinsic in you. You just have to kind of do a little bit of mining. Yeah, and that can be that can be difficult work or feel like scary work. But once you get in there, it ain't so bad. It ain't so bad. It, it can be really hard. They say you have to, you know, walk through the mountain to get to the other side. But the other side is worth it. It's a more authentic way of being. It's more you. I don't know if I'm quite there yet, but I'll, I'll trust your judgment. Oh, no, you're this getting one. there. I'm getting there. We're all getting there. It's a, it's a long, long journey. <laughs> okay, guys, we're going to leave it there for a minute. Um, we're going to grab some snacks from our air hostess here, and then uh, we'll be back with Learn a Thing. Summer, fall, winter, spring. It's always good to learn a thing. Summer, fall, winter, spring. It's always good to learn a thing. Summer, fall, winter, spring. It's always good to learn a thing. Summer, fall, winter, spring. It's always good to learn a thing. All right, let's learn a thing. What are we? What are you going to teach us? I wanted to teach you a little bit about my homeland, my mother country, <laughs> as it were. I was actually born in Toronto, but my family, uh, all the little family I do have are all in Finland. And I spent many summers in Finland. Um, I'm hoping that Deanne will come to Finland this summer. Um, and my heart really is in Finland. And one thing that I've learned, uh, us being together, is that my my tender, all the tenderness, that all my feelings of tenderness uh, are in Swedish. And so I've been teaching you some Swedish. It's true. Uh, over these guys, last I'm learning months. Swedish. And she's such a natural. It's really quite impressive. So I thought I would teach you the basics. Basic love Swedish stuff. Basic love Swedish. Um, on a side note, yes. Let's um, talk about these Swedish Finns for a second. Yes, you're wondering. Well, why do you speak Swedish if you're a Finn? Uh, well, as it were, there is a little small uh, percentage of the population. It's like got to be like three percent uh, that call themselves. Finnish-speaking, Swedish-speaking Finns or Finland Swedes, and my family is part of that that little cohort. Hannah explained it to me like French Canadians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a different dialect of Swedish for sure. They call it kind of old Swedish because you know we uh, the, the it's not at all like in Sweden. It is. I mean, we can totally understand each other, but it's a totally different dialect. And when I hear it, it just warms my heart so much. So anyway, uh, so I'm teaching. And my Swedish isn't that great, but it's it's pretty fluent. And now I'm I'm teaching Deanne kind of a broken Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is that you don't correct my pronunciation when it's wrong no, because you're so cute because you think it's adorable. It's so adorable. But anyway, the basics are: I love you. Which we say every night before bedtime. Oh my gosh, too much information. It's Yag Elskar Day. Yag Elskar Day. Aww, you're so good at it. <laughs> say it quickly for the people. Yag Elskar Day. <laughs> That's I love you. Um, my personal favorite is good night, which is nati nati. Nati nati. So easy, everybody. Tell anyone you love good night in Swedish nati, tonight. Nati. Get on to it. Nati nati. Nati nati. Um, you know, one, one that's been a big hit is uh, Kiss Kiss, which is... Puss, 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 puss. P-U-S-S, guys. P-U-S-S. P-U-S-S. Dan really, really latched onto that one. Puss, puss. <laughs> um, one we type a lot, but we don't say is 
Pusokram. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Kram. I yeah. said it right. Pusokram. Yes. Pusokram. Yeah, that's hug and kiss. Hug and kiss. Hug and kiss. And then probably my favorite of all time is Min Sertnos, which is my sweetheart, which is literal translation, my cute nose. Guys, and how cute is that? any of you have ever seen Deanne's all nose, right. it's that damn cute. Settle down. Do I mean Sertnos? Oh, yeah. Oh no! What does that mean, Dian? Um, well, I wasn't paying attention because I was pretty embarrassed about how cute my nose. Is. <laughs> um, but I don't know what order you said it in. But you basically said, said, "My sweetheart, I love you so much, so much, so much." But literally, so cunting much. <laughs> Can you tell them about that phrase? You have thirty seconds. Fitan's Mickey. You know, you want some emphasis. Fitan, fitan is it's a bad word. Don't use it. But don't people use it, use it. liberally. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, just don't use it around my parents, your parents, old people. <laughs> she only has a mom. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you can use it around my dad all you want. Guys, we have 10 seconds of time left on this card. Thank you for teaching us the thing. Teach us goodbye as fast as you can. Hey, da. Hey, da. Hey, da. Guys, how good was that? We've learned many things about ourselves, and we've even learned a bit of tender-hearted Swedish in there. Jägalska day, everybody. Is that plural? I don't know. I think it could be. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Let's give our thanks to everybody that makes the podcast possible. First of all, you guys. Second of all, Paul Aflalo. He is the producer of the network. Great friend. Awesome dude. Mike Carozza. He did the intro and outro music. He is a champ. Charlie Sneaker. She did the little cartoon associated with the podcast that you've probably looked at millions of times. And Patrick World. He did the Learn a Thing theme song. He is the best. He just did that. He just sent that to me. As a person, you can send me things. As a person, anything you want. Just talk about your life. Let me know how you're doing. Tell me how you're feeling about the podcast. Just reach me. Deanne at nomoreradio.com. I read all of your emails. I might even respond if I'm in the mood. And I am often in the mood because what else am I doing? You know what I mean? Thank you, guys. If you want to uh, get over there to iTunes, chuck up a review. I'd appreciate that. Why don't you hit it with the five stars? Why don't you take two minutes and type something sweet? You guys are the best. I'll see you again next week. Oh, and I'm trying to tell you where to find me in real life. And for the next few weeks, I'm just going to focus on this one thing. I have a new show in Toronto called Solomon and Smith. I run it with Jess Solomon, frequent podcast guest. You know her. You love her. The next one's at Bad Dog Theater in Toronto on October 26th. Check out the Bad Dog Theater website to find out all the details. Hope to see you guys there. And meanwhile, I'll just see you on the internet and stuff. Bye.